Well, yeah, anything's better than the Bob Dylan. Get movie. out! You're so <laughs> stupid. Bob Dylan, the most over, one Bob of the most Dylan. overrated musicians ever. Oh, oh, my favorite line in that is he's like, "Your brain dead? You got a fucking bullet in your head?" Like, that's <laughs> I think it's so funny. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. Here we go. This is the greatest music podcast. This is actually the greatest podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. Here we go. Because it's hosted by the humble beings that are Tyler, myself. Here we go. And Jeff, way out there in the ether, hundreds of miles away, talking to me. Here we go. This is Asinine Radio. Thank you for listening to this pod. We got a we got a good one for you this week uh, because we're getting into the self-titled Rage Against the Machine album. But before we do that, we're going to get into our album rankings. We're going to rank the four Rage Against the Machine albums and name our favorites, the biggest bangers from each of those albums. But before we get into that, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe, subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And if you really want to get wild, Jeff, yeah, and everybody out there listening, if you really want to get yeah. wild, you can listen to our sister pod. Uh, Rage Against the Pod, where every single Rage Against the Machine song is broken down meticulously and dissected and gotten into. So check out that podcast too. It's a lot of fun. Now, Jeff, you got anything else to say in the intro? You got nothing else to say in the intro? No. You got your notes ready? I do. Ready uh, to, to dive deep into this? I am. Into this Rage album? I I am. All right. Well, before we do that, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna rank the four Rage Against the Machine albums, and we're gonna name our our biggest ba- the biggest banger from each of those albums. Oh boy! <sighs> oh, boy. oh boy! Oh boy! I've, we are not I've going been, to agree on these albums. Like I already yeah. I already know. Uh, yeah. So let's start with our least our least favorite Rage Against the Machine oh, album. Let me get my and I will say out. I will say too, I don't think any of these albums are bad. They're all fantastic. So. Here we go. What do you have as the worst okay. Rage Against the Machine album, Jeff? Yeah, so so just piggybacking on that. Um, all of these albums are at least 2.75. <laughs> so with that being said, my least favorite as of this week is Evil Empire. Wow, man, you're fucking... So st- you're so stupid. I've never heard a dumber thing in my whole life. Yeah, never heard a dumber thing in my life. It's a damn good album. It's fan, like I said, minimum two point seven five, but oh it just didn't. God. It didn't have the same edge for me. The their debut did their first album. The did. same edge? Oh my! It's the edgiest one of the, all the records. Mm, no, actually, that's false. Um, this is. It was definitely more complex, but it just didn't have that um, that that Zach kind of yelling, that screaming, that that angsty, nasally, whiny, snotty little shit voice. 
<laughs> and I really like that this week. That really got to me. But um, wow. my my favorite track, I try not to pick like normal favorites, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I try to pick something else. But uh, my new favorite track is "Year of the Boomerang." When that fast part kicks in, that that mm. song was like unfucking stoppable. It's so good. Yep, one of their best. Oh, man, that's a banger. one of their best. That is a fine, fine song. That's a good choice. That's a good choice as your banger on that record. But it's unbelievable that it's at the bottom of the I list. Know. I know. Fucking dumb. This has always been my favorite Rage album. You're unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, oh. Oh. Uh, my least favorite, which is still a great album. And like like Jeff said, too, there's nothing below a 2.75. favorite is Renegades. I don't like it. Go ahead. Absolutely. Renegades. No, You're right. <laughs> you guessed that one. <laughs> Renegades is a fucking great album, but... I don't know, man. Songs like Maggie's Farm oh. and Beautiful World. Great songs, but just they kind of, I don't know, man. They, they just kind of don't flow with the rest of the record. And and just comparing it to the other three, it's just like you can't, you just can't put it above it. You just can't do it. But my uh, my favorite song on this is, and not, it hasn't always been my favorite, but it was, is uh, Street Fighting Man. That's a solid cover. That's. Just that 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 kind of like a alarm sounding wailing guitar. Oh, it's so good! And then like the electronic drums come in. That it's oh, it's so good. I love it. Damn. Oh, that's a banger. Highly recommend it. Go check out their covers album, Renegades, the last record they came out with. What I mean, just like real quick, without even really thinking about it, what would you just rate that album real quick? Two point seven five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. All right, my my third my third favorite, my second least favorite is Renegades. <laughs> okay, so you put that one pretty low. I still can't believe that beat Evil Empire. You're such a fucking cut. Oh, I'm such a cut. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just feeling silly today. <laughs> you are with that three point five percent beer you yeah, got. Yeah, three point four actually. Three point four. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I stand corrected. I I just I love. I really like cover songs. I love cover songs when they completely change the original sound of it and then put their own sound, and so it's very different from the original. And they did that in every single track here. Some some songs, they fucking, like, completely different than the original. Yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. There were two songs on the on that record, though, that, that were pretty similar to the originals, though. So, like, In My Eyes and then um, the Minor Threat song and then... The MC5 kick out the jams. Those two were pretty, pretty straightforward. For sure, kick out the jams was was the most like identical. Yeah, which was weird. I but don't know why they didn't cover the, that one, but same with the minor threat one though. But see, but then also their version of kick out the jams was like way slower than the original. But when they played it live, it was really fast, like the original one. So I mean, I don't know why they would slow it down for the record. Is that good? Chickas too. Oh God, you and the chickas, man. Love the chickas. Rage does a lot of chickas too. They do. Oh my God, Kings especially Bulls on Parade. See, and that's another thing. You you ranked Evil Empire so low, but Bulls on Parade has more chickas than any other songs. <laughs> like there are more chickas in that one song than there are on any one of their albums. It's funny too because their album that we're doing this week have like very very little to none chickas. Yeah, I know. Hey, man. So it. I'm just, I, I just, I, I, I do what I feel. I'm like a dog. I just do. I just do. It's not a good way to, to go about life. It is the way. It is the only way. 
But my, my new favorite song is Maggie's Farm, you little shit. Ugh. Fucking fantastic. Better than Bob Dylan's version. Well, yeah, anything's better than the Bob Dylan. Get out. Right? You're so <laughs> stupid. Bob Dylan, the most over, one Bob of the most Dylan. overrated musicians ever. Oh, oh. I'm, I'm going to say That's it, man. Nuts. Him, Oasis, Kiss. Uh, who else is really overrated? U2? Those are the only three that... Oh, you 2 They're yeah. the most overrated band of all time. Uh, uh, no. For sure. You're not the... No, I'd still say Bon Jovi. Or not Bon Jovi. The fuck? Uh, Bob Dylan is is wildly You're overrated. Dum dum, you fell on your head <laughs> when you were a child or something. <laughs> it's true though. Whatever. I don't understand it. Oh God. Okay, uh, my number three, uh, their second to last worst album. <laughs> Did I say that right? Yeah, no, I didn't. Right? Uh, is their self titled? Yeah. Their first record. I think the one I we're actually going to be getting into. What? I figured. Did you? Yeah. Oh, you're a cuck. Uh, so yeah, that, that's my number three. I'm not going to get more into it. We'll get into the whole album in a bit. Okay. But what do you got for number two? Their second best album is uh, is Battle of L.A. Battle of oh, Los Angeles. Oh, you are such an idiot. Battle of Los Angeles is their second best so album. Done deal. This album is killer. It's, there's so many fantastic stuffs going on here. And there's a couple things on this album that I think are their best musically that they've done and lyrically that they've done. Or that Zach's done, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, but um, but um, but um, but um, but um, my new favorite song is Maria. After we did it on the on the our sister rap pod, like mm-hmm. dude, dude, the fucking lyrics on that one just they really got me going. They got me going good, and I think that's like the best lyric things that he's ever done. He's ever written. Yeah, that was one of my my favorite episodes that we've done on that pod. Was that up? Was the Maria episode? I. There's so much to it. There's so many like levels to it, and the story he tells is just so heartbreaking. But it's, it's unmatched. Like he's, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. Yeah, unbelievably definitely. good. Fantastic. So that's your number two, huh? Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, it's also I mean, I know what two. your number one is, but my number two is uh, the Battle of L.A. Yeah, Battle of Los Angeles. I, I mean it. Honestly, their their first record has always been my favorite ever since I first heard it back way back in high school and stuff. That was always my favorite up until probably this week. Honestly, their their first song was my favorite, but it dropped so low. And then Battle of L.A. was always kind of on the bottom for me. But I feel like what they were doing on Battle of L.A. was was truly like a a progression in their sound and the way they experimented, but still kept like the structure of a proper song. I, it, it's like perfect songwriting in Battle of L.A. Perfect songwriting. And um, yeah, my, my number one is still one of my favorite Rage songs, and that's Ashes in the Fall. Mm. That that screeching guitar, and oh, it's so good. It's got my favorite line. Fantastic. Say it. I don't want to say it. I know, I know what line it is. I do too, but I don't want to say it. It's too why, don't, why won't you say it? Because out of context, it's just weird. It is weird. But we're, it's not really out of context when we're quoting the song. Yeah, I don't want to do it. You have to actually listen to that because we actually did that song on, on Rage Against the Pod. So if you want to know what that is, go listen to that episode because that was a killer episode as well. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll get into my number one first and then we'll just yeah. go that way. Sound good? Yeah. So I think to me, the best Rage Against the Machine album is Evil Empire. 
And uh, this perfectly encaptures the rawness of the band and the band recording live. And they really took it took it a step further songwriting-wise, both lyrically and musically. They, they really stepped it up on this one from their first record. Uh, there's some great parts by Brad Wilk on this. Um, the bass is obviously killer. Zach's vocal ability and his his power is just so good on this record. So I love this one. And my favorite Rage song is on this one, and it's called Vietnam. That is a their best song by far, easily, Vietnam. Mm. Uh, so I guess that that leads to your favorite Rage Against the Machine album, which is absolutely wrong right no no that's why i left it for number one because it's their best albums yeah their their best album their their best album like the, the the greatest the best the best the creme of the crop is rage against the machine by rage against the machine Rage Against the Machine formed in Los Angeles in 1991 by Tom Morello on guitar, Tim Comerford on bass, Zach De La Roca on vocals, and Brad Wilk on drums. They currently have four four-length albums, two live albums, and have sold over 16 million copies worldwide. But the album we're doing today is their self-titled album. It is their first album, and it was released November 3rd, 1992. It features the founding members, like I mentioned above, mentioned earlier, I should say, and has sold over 5 million copies worldwide. So there you go. There's a little backstory mm. on this self-titled record. <laughs> That's a great song. It's a great opener to an album, right? 
it's 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 phenomenal it's it's not only just like an opener to an album but it's an opener to the band yeah it's it's unbelievable it's it's mind-blowing it's not even fair it's disgusting (laughs) it's not even fair (laughs) oh man i will say though i i want to i want to preface this by saying i love this record but there are a lot of moments that are just repeated over and over and over again and it it gets to be a little too much. <laughs> There's your Bud Light Lime. Opening that Bud Light Lime. Ready to ready to fight with me, huh? Oh, I'm fucking so ready. <laughs> already, All right, what's what are you what are your first imp- what are your first impressions? Well, my first introduction to Rage was getting Evil Empire through my mom's Columbia Records thing. And uh like I said, man, like up until this week, Evil Empire has always been like my favorite Rage album. Never mm-hmm. had my like any of my favorite songs on it, but I always thought like as a whole, like this is their best stuff. This is the best. And then this week I just I listened to a lot of rage. I was trying to like balance rage and corn, but dude, rage was like too good. They got me good. Dug their nails in, <laughs> would not let go. I listened to this album like fucking ten times at least. And what it's the not, fuck? Oh my god, it's so good. I just I couldn't get over how just phenomenal this band was and is. This this album is like the equivalent of somebody getting called up to like the majors in baseball and their first at bat, the first pitch, he calls his shot and then fucking hits a bomb, hits a home run. Babe Ruth <laughs> style. Like that's what they did. They didn't come in and like take a couple pitches. They came with his fucking first pitch, bam, home run. Killed it. Everything on it's, this album is fan fucking tastic to perfect. It's not a perfect it is album. A great one. It's not a perfect album. What? It's not. There are parts. How's like, it not? Because there are parts on here, like you said, that are very repetitive. Not just like vocally, because he does repeat a lot of things vocally. But like yeah. music, me, musically, they kind of reused a lot of different things. And the latter tracks are very long. And yeah, like, definitely. The, like the last half of the album is like twice as long as the first half. But um, I think that's why I like this album so much, is because they take their time with everything. And even Bomb Track, like it's four minutes. It's a long fucking song. And just that intro, they don't, they're not shy about just drawing it out. I guess we can get more into Bomb Track. That, that, the, yeah, that's my, that's my initial thoughts. What are your initial thoughts for this album? And then we'll get into Bomb Track. This was my, the third Rage album I ever got. Uh, started with Battle of LA. I traded that for, well, I had a I had the the POD CD, the one with uh, Rock the Party on it. Oh damn, you got to keep that one. So I I got I traded this guy Brandon in seventh grade. I traded him that for Rage's Battle of L.A. Well, you traded so, POD for Rage for Rage. Yeah, he gave me his Rage CD, and I gave him my POD CD. Dude, so Brandon, who really won doing, there, right? Dude? <laughs> yeah, so so I fucking killed it there. So that was my first one, and then I got Renegades, and then that got taken away from me. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then I got, I got this album, the self-titled record, probably like the summer before freshman year, I think it was. And I remember I just fucking played it so much that summer. That's like one of the only records I listened to was this one. And I just fell in love with it. I remember like Kyle Palo, Kyle Palo and I, we got so obsessed with this record and we would just like, just hang, hang around, just hang out and just like listen to it over and over again. Or we just like take a CD player with like speakers we were able to get like his computer speakers like to work on the CD player. So we just like walk around like, and just listen to it, like walking around his neighborhood. Nice. But yeah, man, it's just, this, this album has always really stuck with me and it's always been my favorite for years and years and years. And up until 
this week really and then diving more into it and the lyrics it's just like it's i still love it absolutely still love it but man the evil empire and and battle of la are just so much better like they they're they've they matured so quickly after this you know what i mean like this is definitely a debut record from this band you could definitely tell musically lyrically songwriting wise it's definitely a debut record for them but still good nonetheless um if you can like if you can just think because if if like five years ago maybe like eight years ago whatever my rankings would probably be like evil empire battle valet this one and then renegades would be like my least favorite so like that's how exactly my rankings yeah yeah but like now it's changed so much for me it's like it's gone the complete opposite way. It's like we we switched we switched bodies, you know. I don't know. It's really weird. But anyway, yeah, this. I, I mean, honestly, there are no stinkers on this record. Every every song belongs on here, and it's perfectly balanced, and it's perfectly. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? All the songs are are perfectly placed within the context of the album. So yeah, no, no stinkers. I mean, my my favorite songs on this one are my favorite song is Township Rebellion, and then uh, Know Your Enemy. Those are my my two the two best songs easily the two best songs on the record. Okay, but, I mean, just oh, dude, they're so good. But yeah, what what do you got? I'm, I assume there are no stinkers for you. No, there are right? no stinkers. The only part of this album that I don't like is the intro, the very intro when it's just Tom and during Killing in the Name. I don't. Mm-hmm. I just when it's just him that that part. I I don't like it. I I just it bothers me. I, I don't know why I don't like it. I just don't like it. But then when everybody starts to come in, it gets really groovy, and I I like that a lot. But just that one intro part fucking bothers me. To killing in the name. Yeah. That down when they just kind of like lets it ring out. Yeah. I just it's like it's like that. I don't know what and fucking. Doom, 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 bam, bam, right when that starts, bam, bam, I like. Bam, bam, bam. But it's just that first part I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, but I'm. But I mean, think about it like in a, in a live setting that 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 part must be so powerful, you know? Oh yeah, you Where hear just, that, you go nuts. <laughs> like the lights are off, one then, then, you, then you hear that fucking thing, and then all of a sudden the lights are still dimmed or they're off, and then you hear that doom doom doom. Mind blowing. It's yeah. I, oh. Rage are everything, dude. They're like Do you a, know what would be really a, like in a, like in a live setting for killing in the name. When like say say you start out the show with that song, and then but so he hits those that dun and then like the lights like flash, and then they slowly dim, and then he hits it again and then they flash and then slowly dim, and then when it gets into the bass part it's just dark it's just like you hear the doom 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 bum bum yeah that's exactly how and, and then it's just it. like completely dark during that part and then once everybody kicks in again that's when the lights turn on and just shit goes fucking nuts. And that's when the pit goes crazy and that's when everyone's <laughs> dancing and people are slam uh, dancing. It's whatever, yeah. dude. It's just, it's insane. It's crazy. It's a fantastic song. But that's it the is. only part of the whole album I don't like is that first part of that song. Eh, makes sense. But, makes um, sense. But, um, but like, on the but way like, home, when I went camping a couple weeks ago, like three hours north of here, uh, on the way home, I listened to a lot of Rage too, and then the first song that I played, I was like, oh, "I'm gonna just start this off with a random song." And then I put on Bullet in the Head, and I forgot about this. This was like a lost gem to me. Like I had forgot about this song for so many years, and it's 
this song, like, I used to be in love with this song. I used to love this so much. And I not listened to it for like five to eight years or some, some crazy <laughs> amount of time. And I don't know yeah. why, because it's so fantastic. And what I love about like this album is a lot of these songs, they start great. They kind of like mellow out sometimes in the middle. And then like the good part really kicks up like halfway through the song. And then it just kind of like goes on and on. And again, they take their time with it. They really explore the sounds that they're going for. Zach kind of almost takes like a backseat. And that's why he repeats a lot of lyrics is because he wants to drive that point home while also allowing everyone to just groove. Everyone to just chill. Everyone to relax. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. Bullet in the Head is like the opposite. It gets, I mean, it gets not the opposite, but it gets really crazy the more it goes on. And I just love when the, when it speeds up and like double time at the end. Oh, it's just intoxicating <laughs> bullet in the head is the perfect build-up song you know with it, it starts with that bass line it's just like this this rap groove and then tom's just playing that that really high part on his guitar and it's just it just leads you along for like a good like two and a half almost three minutes and then it starts to get heavy and heavier and then it just like picks up and it gets really fast and oh dude what a build-up man and his, it's his, great his vocals are so like nasally they're like pop punk style and it's I just, oh, that's why you like it. Then, right? I know. I never like. I, I never <laughs> realized how nasally he is. And like my favorite line in that is he's like, "Your brain dead? You got a fucking bullet in your head?" Like, that's. <laughs> I think it's so funny. It's. I so love good. singing that line too. That's one of my favorite lines to sing. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him like. I can, <laughs> I can see him like taking his index finger and like pointing pointing it and touching somebody's head, and then as he says, "A bullet in your head." He pushes off, so like your head tilts to the side real quick. <laughs> I just did it to myself too, as I said it. <laughs> like it's so disrespectful and so irritating. It really is. Ah, oh, but I, it's such a good line though. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, let, let's play. Let's play "Bullet in the Head," and then you know I'll kind of fade out, and then I'll bring it back up once it gets fast again. That sound good? I'll do it. Okay, here we go. Here's here's "Bullet in the Head" from Rage Against the Machine.
All right, there's a little bit of a uh, bullet in the head. We're, we're going to play more. I'm going to just kind of have it playing in the background. I'm glad but, that you played the solo part, though, because that, that solo reminded me, or it, it made me think of, like, Omar-style solos. Yeah, where, it kind of... Where it gets really weird at times, but it's still kind of melodic. It still follows the structure. And then it goes into that, that high part that Morella does. That also yeah. reminded me of, like, kind of like what Omar plays around with in a lot of... There's a lot of solos I, I hear of him. Yeah, and like it's like kind of choppy too, a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't know where he's gonna go. Right, but he always finds yeah. where he's going. Right. Yeah, it's a journey, not the destination type of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Fucking good. But like one of the lyrics in this song, which I think is just like so overdone, is this part right here. Just victims of the in-house drive-by. You say how jump. Wait. They say they jump. They say jump. You say, how, you say high. how high? Yeah. Just like he says it so many damn times. So it's like. It's one of the examples on this record where it's just like it's the repeated vocals. So it's just like oh, all this part's really Just when it's the bass and the drums right there, oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's too good. I don't even know why. It's, oh, it's just so fun. It's such a fun song, and yeah. And a lot of times, Rage, especially Zach, he he's he's kind of like almost like a call to arms, right? He, he's he's, mm-hmm. he's calling upon us to do something. And on this album, and specifically, especially this song too, he's not calling us to do anything. He's calling us out. He's just he's just pointing out how fucking dumb we are, and mm-hmm. I like that. Like I don't I, do al- too. I don't always need to be like, hey, you need to rise up. It's more like, fuck you, you're an idiot. Exactly. I don't care what you do, and I I, I dig that. Yeah. So here we hear some more, and then it kind of like double times a little bit, yeah, or almost that's double. The best part. Yeah. Drum rolling out. Like, what are you doing? Like, what <laughs> are then, you doing? And then the last note of the song is the bass. Oh, it's so good. Everybody is perfect. Everybody is on their shit in this song. Like even in the very beginning, when when Timmy C is playing his ba- his bass line, like and, that funky bass line, the slap bass line. Yeah, but like oh, the last, so like the last kind of like the on the last note, he doesn't just stop it. You can hear his hands like physically slap the bass. Yeah. To stop the noise, to mute the strings, but it's it's so aggressive and it's so it's not dainty to where there you don't hear the slap and then like the note just ends, it cuts off. It's 
it like rings it out because of that off. slap. Yeah, it's just oh man, it's like the very beginning when the first fucking thing we hear in the song, it's just it never stops. Doesn't the like one of the best buildups in in music is in that song. Ah man, and but like lyrically, like you were saying, it's just he does repeat, or like I said, he does repeat himself a lot. But I mean, kind of like the theme of this record, I feel compared to the other the other two is that the theme for this one is like how it just really just talks about how the media controls everything around you and that you, people just kind of blindly accept it and follow it uh, without questioning anything. And that's kind of like the whole thing with this one, especially with this song. This is the one song where it's talked about the most or the most blatant, the most blatant um, version of that, I guess you could say. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. I'm all, this is fucking, this fucking 8% man. It got me. But not nah, bullet in the head. Yeah, it was eight percent. This juice nuke him. <laughs> but yeah, no, a sol- solid song, and I, I have. Yeah, it's great. I don't know. <laughs> I, no, I don't know I, what else to say. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I think um, most of the songs here are pretty. In by by rage standards, they're pretty basic. Mm-hmm. They're pretty like one dimensional. There's there's very little storytelling. There's very little kind of. Um, imagery and wordplay Zach uses. He he does it often, but not it's not like the the main part of what he's trying to tell us. It's not part of his main message. And the main message like you said is basically just we are being controlled and he doesn't care. He's like fuck it, dude. Just I don't care anymore. Fuck you guys. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, but when he's saying like fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, that's almost like a <sighs> fuck you to not only this, you know, authority, but also like everybody like Fuck us, dude. Like, what do we know? Fuck us. Yeah. We're also part of the problem because we don't do anything. That's kind of what he's saying, I feel like. True, but man, that's such a weak song. Let, let's just get into Killing in the Name. It's not a Might weak well. song. You're a fucking let's just, weak song. Let's just get into that song. You're a stupid yeah? song. Let's get into it. I mean, it's it's the most repetitive song that they've ever done. And I, I realized this like a couple of years, like maybe yeah, a couple of years ago, I, I was watching them play this song live and on YouTube and I'm like, he really does just say the same thing over and over again. Like there's only maybe three lines in this entire song that he just repeats for five minutes, you know, like it. And yet this is like everybody's favorite song. It's the song that's always played on the radio, so except groovy. for the end part. The end part is never played on the radio. Though. The fuck you all won't do what you tell me. It has been played s- several times accidentally on the radio uncensored. Yeah, but, but it's rarely played on the radio for that part. But I don't know, man. It's just, it's st- and still, it, you're just, you're just, you're, you're trying to be a cool guy and not like something because it's popular. Is what you're doing right now? No, I'm not at all. Yeah. It's just, That's especially exactly in the context, right especially in the context of their their catalog of music. I think it's one of their weakest songs for so many. Re- I mean, look, look on uh, like Battle of L.A. You know, a song like Maria is just a beautifully written song lyrically and musically. It's musically, oh uh, musically, it's it's, it's really, okay. It's great because it lets Zach tell the story. Like it, it, it sets up Zach as the front man, as the person to tell the story. Like it knows it. It's perfect in that sense. Musically, it doesn't help the story. It doesn't take away from it. It just doesn't do anything. What do you mean? It tell it, it, it helps tell it, the story. No, it does just by because it quiet. gives. No, that doesn't that doesn't help tell the story. Because it at gives all. no. It's because it. Well, like we talked about on the Maria episode, it, with that you don't even remember, but what we talked about was like Tom's playing in that 
that his guitar playing in the verses and everything that that really high part is like annoying not annoying but it's like unsettling and it oh, goes with eerie. the it's it's, it's, it's eerie it's unsettling like she's exactly. feeling when she's being exactly across. yeah i mean I so that's her. what i'm saying it's it's it perfectly all the instruments perfectly accompany one another and it puts zach up front to tell the story of maria but you don't have that on killing and killing in the name is like the most basic bro just kind of dumb people kind of song you know what i mean that's just how i feel about it I know and i think saying, that's why so many people it's, like it it's wrong it's it doesn't no, make it's any not. sense. It's stupid because the song is fantastic. It's got a solid groove to it. The bass and the drums just they kind of like swing back and forth. It's really it's really fun, and it's just the soul was fantastic here. Like the the, the squealing of Morello's guitar, it kind of lights the song. Like it's, it starts it off, and then the the, the fuck yous come in after that, and it's this this crescendo of just Zach getting more and more angry and. It's just, it's solid. It's good build up. It's just a good song. It's a good solid song. It's probably like their pop song. Yeah. If they had a pop song. It's their poppiest song, yeah. But it's still Definitely good. Definitely their poppiest song. I don't know, man. I just, in recent years, I just have not really, I'm not really that fond of it. It's just the way she goes, man. The way she goes. I, I understand where, you, where you're going musically, but I feel like, I don't know, vocally and it's just, it's too too dumb especially in the context of it all it's too dumb, too dumb. you know but You're then fucking dumb but i don't know just, <laughs> whatever and especially considering like from what i was reading about when zach wrote the lyrics or was writing or when they were writing the song it was written in response to the rodney king riots and the beating and all that kind of stuff and yeah so it has to do with the rodney king beating and all that but then he also kind of talks about how the police at the time or i guess still are some might say are kind of associated with the Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan or they act like, you know, they, they're still racist. So he kind of makes that, that, that comparison between the police and, and the Klan and all that kind of stuff. But none of that, I mean, yeah, that might have been, that was his inspiration to write this song, but there's nothing really in the song that makes reference to any of this. So I don't know, man. They, they, there's so much he could have talked about regarding both of those things. But he doesn't talk about it in the song, so it's just—I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't. I think it's—it's it's the weakest song on the record, "Killing in the Name." Definitely the weakest song. Dude, he was like twenty when he wrote this song. First of all, yeah, shithead. Okay, but he also and wrote. I don't think that this was directly in response to that because I think he wrote this. This was like one of the first songs that he wrote, like either before or right when Rage became a band and so i don't which was in 91 but i don't know if it was like directly related to the rodney king incident i saw he said it was inspired by it. i saw some things that said it then i also saw other things that said oh he's where, where he was saying like no i wrote i wrote most of this well before that so he could have changed things into it i don't know i don't know but i don't i mean just because something's in response of something else doesn't mean that it has to relate so obviously to that thing but i think he's just trying to let you know that you fucked up like there is institutional racism and he's just like no dude fuck it fuck you guys fuck all of you guys i'm not gonna well, do what rodney, anybody tells me the rodney king beating was march 3rd 1991 but i don't know so. if he had wrote most of the song or part of that song before that he did right so he told me but okay yeah, he, no no he wrote it after i'm sorry he wrote it after 
Now I don't know what you're saying because you're saying two different things to me. <laughs> I know. I just did. I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. I fucked up. Oh, shit. Whatever. But yeah, okay. I mean, like, as far as, like, songs on this album go, that's one of my... If I had to, like, rank them, that would be, like, in my bottom rankings. Then why are we still talking about <laughs> Fuck, man. Because it's God so damn. good. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> There are much better songs on this record. Oh, for Shit. sure. And I, I already told you that intro part really irritates me. Yeah. Okay, let, let's move on. Fuck it. Let's move on. What, what's uh, what's another banger for you on this one? Uh, another another banger for me that I... Th- I mean, just going in line here. Another banger for me that I thought was oddly fucking good was Settle for Nothing. Yeah. And okay. it's it's just... like I thought it was so bizarre and so weird that they have these mellow musical like intros that are just very calm and in like a like a Pearl Jam type band and then like the guitar melody transitions so well into the heavier verse melody that you like you forget all about it you're like this is this band is so so irritating at times so angry so annoying but they can still pull off like that weird calming intro yeah they do it well on this song too it's so bizarre yeah should we play a little bit of settle for nothing and then Yee. talk about it some more I mean, you sound excited. So here it is, Settle for Nothing from Rage Against the Machine. Catch me! 
I played that one a little bit longer than normal because you kind of had to get the the whole gist of it, right? Dude, wow! What did what are you what are you thinking? <laughs> this is know, no right? business being this good, especially coming off of songs like Bomb Track and Killing in the Name. You know, it's just like this is like uh, this is such a refreshing. This is their ballad. Yeah, I guess it's their ballad. This but is like their best attempt at a ballad from a bunch of angsty twenty-something-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. And they did it really, really well on this one too. It's just a That's roller fantastic. coaster of a song, and and like lyrically, I think it's fantastic. I it's like first person style, and and he's I mean even though Zach kind of grew up in Irvine and yeah, <laughs> you know what, what the fuck does he know? But who, who like cares? The I whitest part of California. Fuck, fuck you! I want to do what you tell me. But, but like the line these the line he says I got a nine a sign a set and now I got a name that is I think that's so fucking cool just the way he raps on this too slash sings it's very janky and it's and it's kind mm-hmm. of it, it's like a train it's like chugging along trying to get started and never really starts but like that's part of its charm of this song it's very it's very sad and like depressing and then the solo like perfectly like supports that the solo reminds me of like someone who's actually finally snapped or like given up and that mm-hmm. like into the narrator who is who's trying to warn people not to settle for nothing that whole like end, ending part where he does repeat over and over and over and over like the solo like kickstarts that whole thing and like yeah. tom rello can sometimes do like magical things with his guitar sometimes he's kind of annoying but sometimes he can do these fucking magical things with his guitar and i just don't understand like what the fuck yeah. man what are you doing? What is he thinking? You know, but I I don't feel like most of the song he doesn't really rap. It's more like a spoken word, a spoken word portion of the song. You know, like the verses are all of that are all that. You know, which I think kind of adds more of an effect to the overall meaning of the song. I mean, like you said, it's from a first person first person view of something that he, as far as I know and read, like he was never he never really experienced. You know, it's just a guy living in poverty or like in the slums. Not having anything in life, he's just constantly being pushed pushed down by the powers that be, and I it's think, really something that he does. I feel like he never experienced growing up. But that's what makes Zach kind of even more admirable, is because he does have empathy for people like that. He does he does understand that concept. So many people, especially in their early twenties, coming from Irvine, they don't they don't know that life and they don't care about that life. But Zach didn't know that life, but did care enough to to research it and like you said as as the band grew and matured his lyrics matured, matured with him and he became a, a fucking phenomenal lyricist a phenomenal storyteller and every like everything he's done with run the jewels with one day's line everything he's done is always fan fucking tastic mm-hmm. and he does his research he knows what he's talking about and he does have empathy for people and that's just something yeah. we don't see that they, like okay i'm I am a guy that grew up in Irvine, so I have to rap about Irvine stuff. He's like, no, fuck that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out what I have pe- to rap about Irvine stuff. That's what most people do, dude. How many that just sounds so funny, you know. <laughs> It'd be like the worst, the like most boring rap you've ever heard. Irvine's like the most boring Irvine. city on the earth. It's terrible. Yeah, they have a good pizza joint. Pizza joint though, it's not that good, dude. Northwoods Pizza. It's shout two. Out, man. It's two point two five. Huge 2.25 shout out. out of three. Huge Easy. shout out. Northwood Northwood Pizza is oh, dude, it's such killer pizza, and they do pizza by the slice. You're so get into that. Stupid. Your your pizza tastes are terrible. Just like your musical taste. Just like just like <laughs> every aspect of your fucking life is just dumb and wrong. <laughs> no, one hundred percent correct. 
Except you do like the best Star Wars movie. So Yeah, Return of the Jedi, greatest movie ever made. I'll give Easily. you that one. Easily. But your second uh, favorite is Attack of the Clones, so I don't know what you're talking about. What? So, yeah, so um, Subtle <laughs> for Nothing is, is solid. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding about that one. That's terrible. Yeah, you, I know you are. Nobody would believe that. Not with my superior taste in everything. No yeah, oh that. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Subtle for Nothing, though. It's... It is like you said. It's the heaviest song, but then also, I mean, we, you you touched on the solo too. But I feel like it is the most subdued solo on this record. It's very kind of jazzy, you know. Yeah, it's great. So good. So, is this your favorite song then? Settle mm, for nothing. No, uh, bullet in bullet in the head is my favorite. Oh, bullet song. in the head. But uh, right. this one's probably my second favorite song. Yeah. Fuck, man, you're crazy. Uh, what do you want me to do? Crazy for this one, Rick. But like my uh, third favorite song would be Township mm-hmm. Rebellion. Oh, dude, that's that's top five rage, right? No, probably top. That's my second favorite rage song. Even yeah. though a lot of parts in Township Rebellion remind me of Bullet in the Head, a lot of the pacing, eh, but it's a lot of the notes, it's very similar. But um, but yeah, it's still it's still damn good, and like everybody really brings it in that song. BW everybody is does. using some really cool feels and percussions, and he has the the cowbell in that song. Dude, it's just. Oh. It's good. It's killer. It's so killer. But also Township Rebellion has um like the that that kind of I think it's the bass, right? That that bass effect, that war that kind of wah sound. See, like is that bass the bass? I was I was kind of trying to find figure out what's going on there too. Because to me it sounds like somebody he took like a voice, like somebody's voice that was saying a word mm-hmm. and then modded it and then turned it into a guitar tone. And that's kind of like what it what it sounded like to me because it almost sounds like like somebody was saying a word at some point and then he just modulated it into a guitar tone maybe but see is it the guitar though because there's no other is there no, i don't think there's another bass line in that song during the verses and everything right it's just it's that war 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 i that was a really bad impression of it but i don't know anyway let, let's play a little bit of uh the second best rage song ever made um and that's township rebellion Silent, black 
there you go. There's a bit of a township rebellion. Fuck man, that, how can you not say that's like one of the best songs they've ever made? You're crazy. Because it's not, dude. Why though? It has everything you could want in it. Oh wait, the solo is really good. Okay, sorry. That was a killer solo, right? That was a good solo. (sighs) But why don't you think this is like one of the best songs they've ever done? I want to know. I want to know why you're wrong. They've done they've done some phenomenal stuff that is better than this. Uh, On this album, they've done songs that are better. Bold in the head is better than this. (laughs) Settle for nothing is better for this. Fucking bomb track is better than this. (sighs) Bomb track is not better than that. That's. That's ridiculous. See, now you're just like being. Now here we go again. Here's high school Tyler coming out. Let's <laughs> what? Just, let's just get away all of the popular songs, and then we'll call those garbage. So bomb track. No, I'm not saying no, that yeah, all these. No, songs none that are of them popular, are garbage. Let's, let's just let's just say that we don't like them. Okay. But to so say that right. settle for nothing is better than this, come on, dude. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. No way. You have like the fast-paced verses, and they they kind of halftime it. You know, in the in the choruses to get that really heavy tone. Oh, it's so good. And with the like we said, like the the weird like modulated bass or maybe wah bass, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either, but I like it. It's weird. I love it too. And ah, oh, fuck, dude, perfect song. It's a perfect song. It's very it's when very, ignorance it's reigns, life is head. lost. It's very bold in the head, though. And bold in the head is better. Uh, no, it's just like this is like they 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 picked up from where bullet or they they like took the best from bullet in the head. And then just added like cool, like cooler things to it with the cowbell, with like the weird modulation. It's so much better. And there's not as much repeating, like this part. Like this line is so much better. When ignorance reigns, life is lost. Except fuck the norm part. That whole thing is repeated constantly. Fight the war. Fuck norm. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it's so good. (sighs) Zach yells a lot on this album too. He does. Did you ever listen to his his band before Rage Inside Out? No, no, they're I don't know. I can't get into them. It's I like think all put screaming. I pick one time, and I I didn't really care for it that much. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, long last time ago. But it's just it's only him screaming. He's really good. Which at you it. think would be cool? Yeah, but it's just the songs themselves were just whatever. They're not. I don't know. It's just like a hardcore album of that time. You know, hardcore album of that time. Like his scream on Wake Up. That scream that he doesn't mm-hmm. wake up is better than most like hardcore kid screams. Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good scream. It is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, like Township Rebellion, it's just like he, like I was saying earlier, like he hasn't, he he didn't like he hasn't fully fully formulated how to like tell a story in a song, so he just resorts back to to just kind of repeating himself, you know, and that. It's kind of how this song is too, because he kind of talks about like global white supremacy and and all that kind of stuff, and just how we have to be aware of it and stand up to all of the the bullshit racism and everything. And I mean, but he doesn't like get into any specifics. Like he doesn't really tell a story. He just kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of very blanketed and general. 
you know. But he really steps it up, man, on the on the following two records. That's why I had to. That's one reason why I ranked this record so low. It's because the the lyrically, it's just like that's one of the reasons. But like, yeah, lyrically, it's just kind of whatever. Unless 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 Zach knew that we just weren't ready for the for, for the lyrics the the lyricism of Maria, unless he knew this <laughs> stuff, and so that's why their debut album came hard musically. Came hard lyrically, but it wasn't deep. It was just, it was deep enough as like a little cut. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we got to Maria, it was full on like amputation. Can we agree that Maria is his magnum opus? Yeah, lyrically? I, dude, I've said that on the on the rap pod. And I think today I said like that was the best thing he's ever written was Maria. And musically, Ashes in the Fall is one of the best things they've ever done musically. And yet you ranked it so low. It was number two. Like I said, yeah, you ranked it so low. <laughs> Fucking idiot. You ranked it. You ranked it below this record. That's because there's, there's. You're insane. No, I'm not. I'm fucking correct. You're insane. You're stupid. <laughs> You're dumb. You're dumb. You're so dumb. <sighs> oh boy, what else should we get into? Should we get into some of the some of the background? What What do you want to do here? Can we or? Yeah, what do you want to do? <laughs> no, go ahead. Finish your finish your thought. You had you had something percolating there. No, 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 no. Because I know what I want to talk about next, but I want to see what you want to talk about. What next. do you want to talk about next? We'll talk about it next. No, what do you want to talk about? Talk about next. Talk about next. Talk about next. What are you going to say? I want to know what you want to talk about. Do you want to talk about the artwork? Is that what you want? Is that where you're going? Well, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about, but I also want to talk about the production mm. and talk about who worked on the record. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that's talk important, about that. right? Sure, it is important. So Garth Richardson was the guy who produced it. Uh, Andy Wallace mixed the record. Uh, Andy Wallace has done fucking so many goddamn records. It's it's insane. I won't even get into all of that. But uh, this this Garth Richardson, he's done a lot of pretty big stuff and a lot of stuff I or some stuff that I really like too. You know? Yeah. Um, like a, one of my top ten favorite records he's done, and that's Atreyu's The Curse. Maybe not top ten favorite records, but it's it's a solid record. He did that record. He's done. Taylor Swift one he's done he's done a lot of random shit like he did Mother's Milk or no how could he produce that one he must have done something else with that because Rick Rubin produced that but I don't know he, he's he's had his hands on a lot of different things which is kind of cool it is it, like it's just a, a lot of things that are very different like I noticed he did a Voodoo Glow Skull album mm-hmm. which I thought was weird and then like he said he did some something to do with Red Hot Chili Peppers but then he also did like stupid shit too like right there's some there's some dumb stuff that he's done like uh, what, Mudvayne? Mudvayne. <laughs> <laughs> he also did Rise Against, which makes sense. Cause Get the fuck out uh, He did Spine Shank. He worked the with Spine Shank. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's it's, he's an interesting character. He's I out guess. there. He's out there doing stuff. Yeah, weird. But yeah, like, like I said it too, Andy Wallace, he's mixed fucking so much shit i can't even get into it yeah that's been so much that was one of those things too like we every time we do like a bigger album there's always like a connection to andy wallace yeah he's always been a part of it it seems like he has his fucking fingers in like everything yeah that's crazy yeah can you imagine how much that fucker's worth too oh he's probably made so much money like that's that's the dream right it's to be somebody like andy wallace who is wildly known in the close knit community, but most people would never know who the fuck he is. Yeah, 
and, and he's, he's like well respected, right? You know? And he's probably worth as much, if not more, than most musicians that you would easily recognize on the streets. Absolutely, that's, Absolutely. that's the dream, man. That kind of is. It really is, and you just kind of get to listen to music, and you get to you get to like be a part of the band, you know, in Without a way. The stupid like crazed fans, and you can eat your dinner yeah. in peace, and that's the dream, dude. That's the that's, dream. Yeah, it's great. Uh, also, this uh, this record was recorded in the iconic Sound City, Sound City Studios in Van Nuys, California. Um, I mean, so many classic records have been made there, from Fleetwood Mac to fucking a billion others. And then it was so popular that even Dave Grohl from Nirvana and Foo Fighters made a documentary about it. And then he ended up buying the console, the big, huge mixing console for his own studio because they shut the place down and like they demoed it. But yeah, it's it's crazy to have this record be done there as well, as well as so many others. I think it's, I think they reopened it. Didn't they reopen it? Now it's like Did reopened, they? but it's like a lot, lot smaller. There's, it's they not nearly what it used to be. And I think um, I think they use Pro Tools now as like the main way, the main way to mix. Stuff. Yeah, record and mix it. Yeah. Did you ever watch that that Sound City doc? No. No, it was pretty interesting. Not it was actually really. It. I just never watched it. Yeah, it was. It was on Netflix for a long time, but I don't know if it still is. But it's a really, really, it's a well done documentary, and they talk a lot about the the bands that have, that came through there and recorded there. And I don't know, it, it was cool. It was interesting. I recommend it. I'm sure, like, I'm sure it is cool. Like, that's the perfect way to describe Dave Grohl and everything he does. It's just <laughs> is cool. Like he's the most likable man in rock and roll, easily. I, I feel like we talked about this at one point, but on on Punk News, like one of the last times I listened to Punk News, they had talked about where Dave Grohl just like agrees to do anything because <laughs> he's just like he's just down to hang out. Yeah, man, what a nice guy! What a nice guy! I like him, and he's super talented. On top of that, like that—that's another weird thing. He's not some just some guy who's likable and he goes to a lot of parties and hangs out. Like he's actually super talented, which you don't see a lot, you know. But who knows? Whatever. Um, what do you? What else you got, Jeff? Whatever. I mean, I thought you had some. I guess I, I, I kind of talked about my. Wow, I mean, we could do like the artwork. Ah! That yeah. was a that was a big deal when it happened in the '60s. So, let's do it. Yeah. So that's a that's a <laughs> Vietnamese Buddhist monk. Uh, I I don't think I'm gonna even try and pronounce the dude's try name. It. Please try. Thick Quang Duke. That was that was good. Do you know how to say his name? I have no idea how to say. Oh, his name. what the fuck are you even like crit- fucking critiquing me for over here? <laughs> I just want to know. That's Should stupid. we try to see what it's what it is? Yeah, dude, in your little modulation thing, Poe. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me see here. There's gonna be some silence while I look it up. I'm just gonna talk. Suicide silence. This. I'm just gonna talk while I do everything and explain to you what I'm doing. So I'm typing in the name right now. Let's see what Forvo says about how to pronounce it. Cut Wang Duk. What? Cut <laughs> Wang Duk. Tuck Wang that, Duk. That's how a male Vietnamese person says it, and then this is how a female from Vietnam Vietnam says it. Cut Wang Duk. Dude, how does a white person from America say it? <laughs> I don't know. Cut Wang Duk. Why? Why does he say what? Like why? Why does he do that? Is that? I don't know. Is that what that thing above the accent I is? Guess like you have to. Yeah. You have to lower your voice. Why? 
I guess so. I don't. Dick, Dick Quang. Oh, he's saying Quang, not Wang. Quang. Yeah, Quang. Dick. So Dick Quang Duke. I was yeah. close. I said. I yeah. think he said thick. Thick. Quang. I think he said thick too. <laughs> so Tick Quang Duke. Ah, uh, yeah. There you go. So okay. that, that's how you say it. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. The cover. The cover features uh, Tick Quang Duke. Quang Duke. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you said that at the same time as my guy. That was weird. Fitch Quang Duke. There's a white guy saying it. Fitch. Fitch Quang Duke. Okay, Fitch Quang Duke. Fitch Quang Duke. Fitch Quang Duke. There you go. Fitch Quang Duke. Fitch Quang Duke. That was pretty similar, I always said. For a, for a white boy. For a white person to say it. There you go. How did you get that one? Did you type in, like, white person saying it? No, I just went to the, the next link below it. Oh. But... <laughs> <coughs> anyway, continue, continue. Yeah, Thich, Thich Quang Quang, Thich Quang Duke, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk who lit himself on fire in Saigon in the 60s. Fucking crazy, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's just, and if you've ever like watched it, I think there's a, yeah, there's a video, right? Or if not, the, the pictures, like from what I've heard too, like it, he like, he showed no effect. Like he, like he wasn't even getting burned alive. Like he just, just sat just there. And sat it. there. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the amount of willpower he must have had to just burn alive like that and not even move. It's unbelievable. I just I can't even. I, and then to put it on the cover of your album too, and then have this album be phenomenal, and the band be phenomenal is just just ballsy. Yeah, very. And I, ballsy. I mean, especially like considering like the whole context, but behind the picture too is. I mean, I'm just going to quit like very, very briefly, like kind of mention what it was about. But he was protesting the South Vietnamese government from persecuting Buddhists, from persecuting Buddhists. So that's why he sat out there and and lit himself. But man, that's that's fucking what a what a horrible way to go. Like what would be worse, drowning or being burned alive like that? What do you think? Uh, I feel I'd say being burned alive. Yeah. Wouldn't it take longer? It would I think it would take longer. Yeah. I think your body would go into shock. Yeah, your body would go into shock and then you would die. But like drowning, you would you would pass out before you died. You know what I mean? It's like you wouldn't know. Like there wouldn't be a lot of I don't know, that's kinda how I feel about it. It's too scary, it's too gilly. I don't like talking about gilly. Too scary. Too scary. Too scary for you. It's too scary for you. Too gilly for me. Too scary. All right, but yeah, it's um, what a way to to introduce yourself to the world. But wasn't um like it kind of reminded me of didn't uh, uh fucking Dead Kennedys on one of, what is it like Frankenchrist on that record? Did, I think their album cover had like one of the the starving like Ethiopian kids as their album cover, if I'm not mistaken. Possibly, don't know. Yeah, it might be, but. That was pretty uh like crazy dramatic too as an album as an album cover, but this one especially too and I don't know, man. It's just it's this picture's been so ingrained into our culture nowadays. Like you just see it and you kinda just like brush it off like that's it, you know? Yeah. This is literally a man dying. Like you're seeing a picture of a man dying right there. But nobody really react reacts to it anymore. We've all become so used to it. It's yeah. kinda weird. It's kinda fucked up, man. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, let's uh, let's get back into some of the music. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Another um, banger, another favorite. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's There's see some. Here, 
there's some cool stuff on Wake Up, even though Wake Up is is um overall because it's so long, overall it's okay for me. Like the song mm-hmm. really starts at like three thirty for me because the okay. first like three minutes it almost borderline and just like filler. You think but, so? Yeah, but like right at third at the three thirty mark, like I said, it really it kicks up immediately, but then it just stops. And there's some really cool like bottom style percussion in there. And it sounds like he's using his hands on the toms, and it's it's, it's really fucking rad. Oh shit! I did not mean to do that. Sorry. What was that? It was it was the beginning of wake up. Oh. <laughs> but I was gonna I was gonna start it like around three thirty for you. Yeah. I, I mean, do you want to play a little bit of it or that part of it? You do whatever you want, babe boy. All right. Here's here's a little bit of uh, that part of wake up. a bit of wake up this is um to me outside of settle for nothing this is like lyrically one of the songs that i feel has the most story has like the most to talk about you know what i mean i did it definitely has the most to talk about just because he's reading a transcript from one of like the most infamous i don't know fucking lies that our government has ever told possibly yeah and so it, there's, I mean, because of that, there's a lot to to kind of dive into. Yeah, and he really kind of just brings into light, you know, just how the racism within the American government and and just how the FBI kind of they they target certain political organizations that kind of defy them, I guess, in a way, but in a racist sort of way. I don't know. It's just when they got caught doing it, it was yeah, they got they caught out to doing, yeah. doing it. Yeah. But it was just him saying, like, wake up. They've done it before. 
why do you think they're not doing it now? And so that's exactly. And then that's kind of ends the song. You know, the last like minute of the song is just him screaming, wake up, which I think is like for this, the context of this song, that's the perfect way to end it. You know, just screaming, wake up. Ah, it's great. I, I honestly feel like the second half of this record is better than the first half. I know you probably don't agree, but there's so much more substance to the second half of it. And there's so much more going on on this record. Yeah, I mean, there's more the popular letter. songs in the first half, so I can see why you think that. Oh, you're such an idiot. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> that's true. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, that's such a dumb thing to say. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. I know you're just saying, but you're just saying a dumb thing. Well. Uh, well, I mean, the the last song I really want to talk about, which is one of my also another favorite song of mine, is Know Your Enemy. Ooh. This was a single. This was a single, man. Look at you. So this is one of the songs that they always play live. And it's, yeah, it's, I would say this is probably my third favorite or fourth, third or fourth favorite Rage song. It's your favorite because you know, your boy's on it. Who's my, oh yeah, it does feature. Uh, Maynard. 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 From, um, from Tool. Oh, Maynard. But this is before Tool were popular. They only had their first EP out, that opiate EP. So they, they, weren't, they were nothing. Well, I agree with you on that. Tool is like, that's another band that's wildly overrated. Yeah. Tool is so overrated. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Except for Danny Carey. Danny Carey is a fucking sick drummer. But other than that, yeah, the band's pretty damn overrated. Uh, but Know Your Enemy, let's let's kind of get into that, right? Sound yeah, good? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like the, <laughs> like the structure of the song, it kind of starts with that dun 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 like that. I can't even do it with my, my that was, voice. No, that was good. No, the intro is really funky. It's it's and it's like right when you think it's gonna go on forever, yeah, like it's gonna drone on. They finally jump into like their metal shit and like that crazy guitar, yeah. that crazy good guitar riff. Oh, I love it so much. It's one of the coolest guitar riffs of all time. Oh boy, uh, should we play some of it and then yeah, talk? yeah, yeah. Man, you just love playing songs right now. I know, dude. I'm just I'm in the I'm in the mood right now, bro. You're, you're in a rage mood right now. Your Rageman. Here we go. Keep, uh, no, you're not keep your enemy. Fuck. Stop. 
All right, there you go. There's a bit of uh, Know Your Enemy from it's Rage. Weird because like that, even though you know that was Know Your Enemy, the real the real good part of that doesn't start up until like the four minute mark to the end. Mm-hmm. And there's this like effect that Morello used. They said that woo woo, that woo woo, whatever that oh, thing is. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's that gets me and every his guitar time. solo too. <laughs> it's oh, so. Like that was, was pay- so angsty in here. Like I just, what the fuck, man? It's, I miss like this, just childish angsty Zach. It's, oh, it's so good. And this is like one of the probably the most like traditional metal songs that they've done too. It's great. You can definitely tell that's like Maynard. I mean, what I know of Maynard, I can. Yeah, there it it's is. Definitely it. That scream. I want to turn it up again when the solo comes in. So here we go. Dude, what a sick fucking build up. <laughs> that baseline. That oh. woo, what is he doing? What are you what? That warrior warrior warrior. It's like it's like he, he they had not planned on him even coming in in that part at all and he's like fuck <laughs> it and just did that part and then everyone's everyone's jaw probably just dropped. That's what happened. <laughs> probably honestly, yeah. Cuz just that that baseline by itself is so effective that doo doo it's like with that, Comes that heavy so fuzz on heavy. it. It does, man. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> And the woos, like, what are you doing, dude? What? Oh my god, I don't even know. Ah, uh, what a perfect fucking song that is! <laughs> perfect song. I also like the fact that he repeats the American Dreams part, even though it's a little goofy, a little nasally, a little childish and angsty. I think the amount of times he repeats it is intentional, and I think he wants to make you feel so uncomfortable and so yeah. weird and awkward that it just actually it forces you to think and it forces you to kind of see it from his perspective and, and maybe even feel some empathy for people outside of Irvine. I don't know. Because <laughs> it gets kind of uncomfortable like, towards the All end of there. which are American dreams. It kind of reminds me of like if Mike were to sing it. Yeah. Like Gustav, you know? Because all the music stops and it's just him saying it. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. Ah, oh, boy. But this is another song too, you know, kind of with the overall theme of this record where it kind of talks about how we're all kind of being manipulated by the media and how we should all kind of follow the American dream, but there really is no American dream and we're just kind of tricked into, into everything, you know, it's just kind of piggybacks off of that. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's tough because like we could get into just, I mean, we have another podcast about it, but we can get into just any one of these songs for like two hours and just continue on. And there's just so many, there's so many layers just lyrically, even mm-hmm. on basic songs like these ones on this album that we can get into just for fucking days. And so it's hard yeah. to just scratch the surface on all these things. And there's so many different things that we want to talk about. So 
I would recommend everybody really getting into it because there's a lot of good stuff here. Yeah, we, we've taken a little break from Rage Against the Pod, but uh, we're going to be going in head first probably within the next week or two, I'd say. I'd hope so. Yeah, we've got nothing um, else to do. Yeah, we're all quarantined and podcasts, like I said earlier, they're an essential item, they're essential need, according to big government, you know? So, got to listen to what they say. <clears throat> um, I don't know, man. Do you want to talk about anything else? We've we've pretty much gone into everything. Yeah, we've we've hit it pretty hard. Let me see if there's any other. Take the power back, though. That that <laughs> deserves an honorable mention. That's that's a great fucking song. That's one that's always forgotten on this record. That opening but... there is really funky, and Timmy Seed is like fucking killing it there. And yeah. I, I really like that part. And Umbrella's kind of in the background. And this is one where like he's really taking like a back seat and letting Timmy C and B Dubs play together and just kind of like do their thing. <laughs> I respect that. Mm-hmm. I do too, man. I will say too, if you want to like when it comes to like playing drums, I've always found playing along to Brad Wilkes drumming is a lot of fun. Like he's a very simplistic drummer, but he is so in the pocket. And if you want to like really get get your groove down and just get like the basics down, like Brad Wilk is the way to go. Like play along to a Rage Against the Machine song, and he does have like little like complicated parts here and there. But man, he is he is such a solid drummer. He he doesn't get enough credit, I feel, for being such a solid simple drummer. You know, but he can rip it up when he wants. But he just he knows how to play to a song. So there you go. So what are your? Do we want to do final thoughts and then wrap it up? Yeah, I'm just again just real quick looking at my stuff, see if I want to just sit talk about something real quick. Looking at your notesies, my notesy potsy wotsies. Yeah, I mean the only ones we didn't really talk about were fistful of steel, freedom. That's it. We talked about yeah, we yeah. talked about everything so, else. So just in freedom, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like this song again. This song later on, like at the four thirty mark, it gets really good. The song is good to begin with, but at the four thirty mark, it gets really fucking good. And I like the way this whole album and the song closes out with that like end transmission. Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. kind of makes you think like, this is because because later on, like I said, he has this like call to arms thing, right, where he's asking us to do something, whereas this one. He's almost like a college kid on his college radio, just fucking fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, in transmission. And that's kind of that's kind of like what this whole album felt like. The concept of this album and the ending of Freedom just felt like just I felt like I got chastised by somebody I've never met, and then <laughs> boom, they're out. Yeah, and I was just left like, what the hell just happened? And then you get to uh, Evil Empire, and you're like, wow, this is what this is the good shit right here, you know. I, kind of dude, I'm telling you, man, Evil Empire is so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I was just, I, I just, maybe because this album has never been so high in my rankings that this week it was just like refreshing and it, it was just new. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yep, yep. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. I guess we can uh, we can wrap it up here. Okay. Uh, so my final thoughts. I, I guess I'll go first. I guess I don't know. You're already going. Um. Yeah, I'm already going. So final thoughts. <laughs> Like I said, this is not the first Rage record I heard. I mean, third Rage record and just, it's always been my favorite going through up until this week when this has really dropped down, but it's still, it's still an amazing assortment of music and lyrics and, oh my God, dude, it's such a killer fucking record. No stinkers. Like I said, the 
big bangers are Township Rebellion, Know Your Enemy, even Take Take the Power Back. You know, so many fucking great songs. Um, so I'm gonna have to give this one out of our three point rating system. If you don't know, it's three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're gonna continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but it's good to give it a shot. And zero is just don't even bother with it. Just burn it. If you bought it, just burn it. Don't even listen. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna have to give this one a perfect three. Damn, what? Dude, it's so good. You're an idiot. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, if you think about it, the negatives I had on this album were only negative compared to the other albums. You know what I mean? No, you hate fucking the popular songs. You hate Killing the No, Man. I don't. You hate Bomb I Trap. don't hate it at all. You hate, oh, you like No, You're Enemy. <laughs> I love No, You're Enemy. <laughs> top four. That's top four Rage song right there. But um, but yeah, it's a perfect three. It's a perfect album. There's nothing wrong with this record at all. So what do you what do you say, Jeff? What do you got on this one? Um, this is their best album, and I've I've given <laughs> all the reasons why. This is uh, uh, this is not like the best performance each individual member has ever given, and but like as 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 a whole, it's a good starting point. It's a fantastic starting point, and they've really never done anything like this again. They've never done anything this non-technical ragey everything else after this has always become just more technical and more complex and they have yeah. some burst here and there where they kind of like for lack of a better word dumb it down to this but like holy shit man there's just there's so much good stuff here there's just so much good stuff here and like all of rage there's rage is one of those bands i mean they only have 3.5 albums kind of so <laughs> There's not a whole lot to choose from, but they haven't really written like a bad song. No, they have not. And so it's it's just, I mean, I, I'm gonna give it a perfect three too. I don't even care. Fuck it. Yeah, D-gaff, that's rare do. for you. You D-gaff. rarely give a perfect three. I'm probably gonna listen and to this today too, and then jump onto corn. I think the next perfect three you're gonna give is next weekend when we do a corn record. You're gonna give that a perfect three too. Is next weekend April Fools? Because that would probably be like. <laughs> April Can you Fools imagine if it was? <laughs> I just looked at my calendar. Now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we both gave this a perfect rating because it's a perfect record, so it makes sense. Yeah. Ah, oh, what a what a what a great time! What a great thing to listen to, you know? Yeah, I had a good time. Oh man, good choice. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, just go check out the Sister Pod, the uh, the Rage Against the Pod, because you know that's the one where every single song is is dissected individually and you know it's way more kind of complex than this and it's a lot of fun it's a, it's just a lot of fun usually the episodes are a little bit less than an hour about an hour tops usually yeah, but not that. it's a solid listen so i highly recommend it that can be found rage against the pod can be found on any podcast app except for iHeartRadio because they suck um but Welcome. yeah so go check it out and then also this is asinine radio the greatest actually the greatest podcast to ever exist fact um yep so go to itunes go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at asinine radio uh even rage against the pod uh rage against the pod is the the handle for most social media i think twitter is rage against pod so go check that out too you can find that anywhere go rate and review that five stars that'd be awesome <laughs> uh but next week is going to be a really good one too or i hope so uh, hopefully Jeff has a good time. But we got it we got a good one next week too, so check that one out when it comes out. So that's it. That's all. You got anything else to say? I don't. All right. All right, everyone. 
That's it. That's all. Well, yeah, anything's better than the Bob Dylan. Get out. You're so stupid. (laughs) Bob Dylan, the most over, one of the most overrated musicians ever. Oh, oh. My favorite line in that is he's like, your brain dead? You got a fucking bullet in your head? Like, that's, <laughs> I think it's so funny. It's too scary. It's too gilly. I don't like talking about gilly too stuff. Scary. Too scary. Too, too scary for me. Jeff. It's too scary for Jeff. Too gilly for me. Too scary. All right. <laughs>